Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. Okay, so listen, uh, you, if you want to turn ahead, we're going to go to Psalm 48. I've got a word for you today that I want for it to bless you. I want for it to touch you. I want you for, to, for you to listen with your heart today. I think today's message, you really need to listen with your heart. I, I Listen, all the technical stuff I'm going to be sharing with you is valid, and we're going to connect that into a special day uh, and season that we're in here this weekend. But I want for you to listen with your heart. That's the main thing. Okay, we often talk about how great our God is, don't we? I mean, uh, sometimes we'll sing, how great is our God? And he is. He absolutely is a great God. And uh, the greatness of God is something to be adored and lauded. And this is very valid. We also talk about our God that he wars, that our God wars, that he, that he judges uh, and such. And, and he does. He does do these things. We talk about how God created the world. We talk about how God can move mountains. And he has, and he can, and he will. And all of these things are absolutely very valid. And they're all kind of, Leora, as I think about them, they're like big things, huge things, monumental things. However, what really differentiates our God from many false gods in the world today has to do with his nature toward us individually. Uh, because there are a lot of, uh, I mean, you know, in fact, there, there's, there are different world religions who will claim that their God is great. Uh, so, so saying we worship a great God is not something that is particularly unique to uh, to our God, if you will, in terms of, uh, it certainly is, our God is the greatest, <laughs> we know this, okay, but, but, but my point is, is that the claim, the focus on our God being great is, is a universal claim amongst people who have gods, including false gods. They also claim their God is great, but something that differentiates our God from other religions, if you will, is, is, is the way that we understand and read in his word about God's nature toward us specifically, toward us individually. You know, that there's something different about the, the, the personalness of God as it relates to us relative to other faiths and religions. And, it, and it's fitting today to look at a relevant example to better understand the nature of God. The, the nature of God. I'm going to share with you today, and we're going to walk through this. Hopefully, it's going to be interesting uh, to you. We're going to, we're going to look at, if you will, 
uh, an example that we see in the scripture in our world today that describes and and further kind of uh, demonstrates the nature of God, and then we'll relate it to ourselves and how it applies to each of us. Because like a good friend, the more we understand him, the closer we get to him. See, we have to understand, the more we understand our God and understand his nature, the more, the closer you draw and have an understanding of the nature of God, the more you're going to be drawn to him, the more intimate of a relationship you're going to have with your God, with your creator. It's a foreign concept. Even within traditional Judaism, God is oftentimes viewed as kind of distant and all-powerful for sure and loving God, no question, but distant. But yet we know that God is incredibly personal and, and, and that the prayers that we pray to God are not just rote prayers that, that, that don't mean anything or that are uh, purely uh, in some way formulaic. Uh, yes, we have some liturgy that we do, but the, but the point is, is that our lives should be intimately connected with our creator. He wants relationship with us, not, not merely uh, some kind of a, a distant acquaintance, if you will. Uh, Okay, so I I want to paint a pattern for you today. It's a pattern that we see in the Word of God, and it's actually a pattern that is way bigger than you and I. It's bigger than us. The pattern I want to show you and share with you today is a pattern that we see in Scripture of our God, but, but, but it's a pattern that's way bigger than us. But I then want to draw your attention to the fact that this pattern that is bigger than us also applies specifically to us, to you individually. Okay, so, so there's a dynamic that's going on here. We're going to see, so we're going, what we're going to do is we're going to go, and you know how a lot of younger people today are into you know, like psychoanalysis and, uh, you know, Myers-Briggs and, and uh, you know, what, what's your numbers and I, E, F, R, J, P, you know, all these things. Okay, everybody's into that. And, and those are cool. What we're going to try to do is we're going to try to unlock a little bit. We're going to try to take the key here and unlock a little bit the nature of God about something that's really big, and then I'm going to show you how that actually applies to you individually. Let's go to Psalm chapter 48, because we're going to be talking today about Yerushalayim, about Jerusalem, about Jerusalem. Very, very, very special. Jerusalem, Jerusalem. I was just there, as, I, as I've mentioned a couple of times, I was just there in Jerusalem, Jerusalem is a, to say it's a very special place grossly understates it. Jerusalem is by far and away the most special place in the world. Nothing even close to it. And I'm not talking about, listen, I've been all over the world. I've, I've been from Alaska to Hawaii to all over Europe to South America to, you know, Australia, Antarctica, Right? Listen, uh, places are fun to travel to. It's great. I love, I, and some places are more my favorites than others, right? But there is something different about Israel. It's different than any other place in the world, I guarantee you. It's different. And, uh, and, and being in Jerusalem, and I spent a few days before our group arrived, 
and I was in Jerusalem myself. And I just, uh, I spent part of it exploring part of the old city that, uh, that I, I was not quite as familiar with myself. And I just traveled all over and through the, uh, the old city. It's, it's such a special place. Jerusalem, Yerushalayim Shel Zahav, right? Jerusalem of gold. And boy, and it, at a certain sunset with that Jerusalem stone, it just looks golden too. It's just so absolutely beautiful. And it's so interesting uh, today. I actually have, by a coincidence, I'm sure, but the majority of the people who came with me to Israel on this trip a couple of weeks ago happened to be here in the service today. So uh, it's wonderful to have you here. I'm sure some will come tomorrow as well. But let's go to Psalm 48, verse 2. It says this, Great is Adonai. Okay, how great is our God. And greatly to be praised in the city of our God, his holy mountain, a beautiful height, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion on the northern side of the city of the great king. Man, I I am telling you what, that is a loaded couple of verses right there. It is absolutely packed, jammed, loaded. In this passage, you talk about, we're going to talk about Jerusalem today. We see Jerusalem described as what? We see Jerusalem described as, number one, the city of God. Now, pause for just a minute. Colleen, I'd say Dainu, that's enough. Dainu, that's enough. It's the city of God. I love Atlanta. (laughs) I don't even have to finish the sentence. Okay. You understand, or whatever city, or maybe wherever it is you're watching or listening uh, from all over the world. We have great cities that we live in. I've been in some wonderful cities all over the world. Really fantastic cities. But the city of God, that God says that we read in the Bible, it's the city of God. No, that's Jerusalem. That's the city of God. And then it says it's his holy mountain. Places matter, friends. Make no mistake about it. Places matter. And that place matters more than any other place. That mountain that's there that we were just on is the most special mountain in the world. It's his Holy mountain. Holy means separated, set apart, different than, other than. There's something different. It says his holy mountain. It says that Jerusalem is, quote, the joy of the whole earth. (laughs) Man, a Shevitz. He's laying it on. (laughs) Are you kidding me? That sounds like some kind of a, a, a love song or something. (laughs) <laughs> and that's indeed what it is. It's, just, it's effectively a love song from God to, to, to Jerusalem and her people. He says Jerusalem is the joy of the whole earth. The earth is big, y'all. God created the whole thing. You'd assume, you know, he said it's good when he completed it. He didn't like, he didn't like uh, mess up when he created earth. <laughs> Okay, all of earth is, but, but what did he say? He said, this is the joy, Jerusalem, is the joy of the whole earth. And then he concludes by saying, it's the city of the great king. 
And that's where you get chills. The city of the great king, capital G, capital K. We're not talking about David here. We're talking about the Melech HaMlachim, the king of the kings, right? It is the city of the king. It is the city of our God. Wow. To, to grossly understate it, Jerusalem is special to God. And that is a vast understatement. Do you get it? If you're reading honestly, you get the Jerusalem. Man, boy, he's into Jerusalem. That's for sure. It's difficult even to imagine a more intimate and loving types of words that God would use to ascribe to a city. As, as I, I can't even try to imagine, I can't even imagine more loving, tender, intimate words that could be used about a city than those that are used right there by God describing Jerusalem. In fact, God says in 1 Kings chapter 11 that he put his name on Jerusalem. That's what he said he did. He put his name on the city of Jerusalem. Absolutely amazing, my friends. And it's not just the land, although it certainly is that, but it's God's people in Jerusalem that he's talking about also. But why? Because Jerusalem, one of the reasons it's so special is because it is the place that God chose to meet man. Think about the temples. It is the place where God's presence rested here on earth and where he interacted with mankind. And of course, the place where Messiah Yeshua came to offer himself as a sacrifice for all of us for all time. How incredibly special this is. And it's the place that God gave to the Jewish people forever, as we know. Now, with all that said, with all that, which is unbelievable, and uh, the words that come to mind, Dr. Susan, are over the top. That's, that's just over the top. God's being over the top with that. It's like, whoa, man, there's no subtlety here. He's being incredibly overt. Now, with that all said, keep that all in your mind about Jerusalem. But then what happened? Our people rebelled against God. Ay, 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 voy, voy. What did we do this for? We turned our faces away from him. And brothers and sisters, when we turned our faces away from God, it cost us. It cost us. Jeremiah chapter 22, please. Yermiahu, Jeremiah chapter 22. It's such an interesting story if you follow what happens in Scripture and what God says. Oh, boy, this is beautiful message. I hope it speaks to you. When I say beautiful, I mean it's, it, there's a beautiful message that God gives us here. Jeremiah chapter 22 Wow, this, this, is, this is rough, this is rough reading uh, because even though he loved Jerusalem so much and the Jewish people so much, in Yermiahu we read about God prophesying the downfall of Jerusalem. Wow. You think about that, as much as he loves Jerusalem and the people, the Jerusalemites, 
with, with all that, wow, you got to think about how that plays out even in the, in the mind of God. Jeremiah 22, verse 5, God is telling the Jewish people, but if you will not obey these words, I swear by myself, declares Adonai, that this palace, which was in Jerusalem, will become a ruin. Verse 8, skipping down to verse 8, God further says, many nations will pass by this city and they will say, each to his neighbor, why has Adonai done such a thing to this great city? Then they will answer, because they abandoned the covenant of Adonai their God and worshiped other gods and served them. Whew, man, I got to tell you, I feel like uh, devastated. You got you to gotta feel, I want you to feel again, like Joel said, I want you to listen with your heart today, this message. Listen with your heart. I feel devastated for God. As much as he loves Jerusalem, as much as he so intimately cares, as much as he's just like, this is this place, these are my people, and this is the place, this is where I meet everybody, this is where I meet my, my creation. And yet they we turned our backs on him. We rebelled against him. We were disobedient to him. We, we didn't follow his commandments. And you got to think that when he says, I'm telling you, listen to me, this place is going to be a ruin if, you, if you've continued to disobey me. You know it had to feel like, uh, I, I, I can't even actually imagine what it felt like. It must have felt so horrible for him to even say something like that, considering how much we read about his love for Jerusalem and the people of Jerusalem. This is austere judgment, y'all, which God did indeed bring upon Jerusalem and the Jewish people because of our disobedience. So what happened? He said, if you're disobedient, Brenda, he said, judgment's coming, right? And, and, and sadly, our people were. Our people did not heed it the warning, and sure enough, Jerusalem was devastated and fell. And you know that that broke the heart of God. It had to. That had to break God's heart. Painful. But although the discipline of the Lord was strong, you can see, and what I want for you to, to, to understand and to kind of receive out of this is the heart of the Father. And friends, this is really important. Uh, you all know that when we as parents have to discipline our children, we're not exactly thrilled, okay? I mean, sure, we're disappointed that they deserved discipline, okay? So we're, you know, we're, we're sad that they did something that they shouldn't have done. Okay, of course, but also, just as a parent, a loving parent, it's not easy to discipline your children. It's, 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 not, it's not something that, you know, you just are, get, get really excited about. But, and in fact, what you don't realize until you're a parent oftentimes is that it hurts you oftentimes as a parent to have to discipline your children. I recall one time... <laughs> I recall one time after Rebbitz and Tiffany uh, and one of our children, 
this is when our kids were little. And I remember one time, I'll never forget this, when Revis and Tiffany and one of our children had a battle of wills. <laughs> and you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the little kid battle of will, the one that you as a parent know you got to win. You know the one I'm talking about. And, uh, and one of our children had to be physically disciplined. <gasps> you believe in that? Yes. And, uh, and it was, it was, golly, it was intense. And, and she did what she needed to do. And she won the, the battle of wills. And after she walked out of that room and came to me, she just absolutely started bawling. She just started bawling. Started bawling. And, you know, kids can't understand that. You know, they're, they're, they're like, Ouch. <laughs> and I wanted what I wanted. <laughs> what did you do that for? I wanted what I want. Why can't I have what I want? I, uh, us as children were short-sighted. She was just bawling. It was so hard for her. She hurt so bad. Listen here to Yeshua's heart. Matthew chapter 23. Matthew 23. Listen to the heart of Yeshua as he's describing the scene that's going on. And I want you to think of it in relation to everything we read about Jerusalem, but the discipline that comes on Jerusalem, but thinking about a parent's heart, about their children, and this is all going to come together here. And I think you're going to understand a little bit of the heart of God toward Jerusalem. Verse 37, Matthew 23 37. Yeshua says this. Mm. Wow. He says the city twice. Oh, Jerusalem. 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 Who killed the prophets and stoned those sent to her. How often I longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But you were not willing. Look, your home is left to you desolate. For I tell you, you will never see me again until you say, Baruch haba b'shem Adonai, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Mm. Ali. Man, Yeshua here reveals that even though Jerusalem, y'all, even though Jerusalem had killed the prophets and stoned those that God sent to her, yet Yeshua's heart is to gather her children together like a hen, her chicks under her wings. This was Yeshua's heart for Jerusalem in spite of everything that she did. Yeshua says he longs for this. This is his heart. Do you hear the heart here? I'm asking you to hear with your heart. Do you hear his heart? It's like his heart is breaking for his children. But it takes us recognizing our mistakes and saying, 
Baruch haba, Bashem, Adonai, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. <laughs> Isaiah 62, we further see God's heart for Jerusalem and the Jewish people in the second half of the book of Isaiah. And on Isaiah chapter 62, here we see the prophet foretells of God's eventual restoration of Jerusalem. And how important it is to God. So we read here, Roberto, in Isaiah chapter 62, a prophecy about a future day when Jerusalem will be once again restored. And as we read this, we're going to read part of this in Isaiah 62. But as we read this, I want you to hear with your heart. Focus less on the words. And I'm not saying don't listen to the words. The words are important too. But I want you to feel the sentiment. Feel the heart that's being conveyed here in Isaiah chapter 62 from God about Jerusalem uh, and the Jewish people. Listen to the heart of your God regard, and this all plays into everything that we've been talking about. It says this, verse one, for Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until her righteousness shines out brightly and her salvation is a blazing torch. Verse two, nations will see your righteousness and all kings your glory. You will be called by a new name, which Adonai's mouth will bestow. This is all about Jerusalem and the Jewish people. You, you will also be a crown of beauty in the hand of Adonai and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. No longer will you be, will you be termed forsaken. No longer your land termed desolate. Instead, you will be called, my delight is in her, and your land married. For Adonai delights in you, and your land will be married. For as a young man marries a virgin, so your sons will marry you. As a bridegroom rejoices over a bride, so your God will rejoice over you. On your walls, Jerusalem, I have set watchmen all day, all night, they will never hold their peace. And you, you who remind Adonai, this is talking to all of us, you who remind Adonai, you, take no rest for yourselves and give him, give God, give God no rest until he establishes and makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. Man, y'all, that's unbelievable. God is literally like cavelling over Jerusalem. Totally and completely. He is so passionate. He is so passionate about Jerusalem's restoration that he literally tells us, we who love God, to take no rest for ourselves and to give God no rest until he makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. You think about that. That's, that's highly unusual. God is specifically telling you and me, don't give God rest. God is telling you 
to do something to remind God. He's, and listen, honestly, it's something that it's like, I don't think, in my, in my sense, I'm like, we're not worthy to tell God what to do. And it's not telling him what to do. It's reminding him what he said he would do. You see? But he's telling us, don't give God rest. You know, you know what it's almost like? It, it reminds me of when, uh, of when the, the, the kid says, uh, can I have some ice cream? And you say, yeah, yeah, sure. We'll, we'll get some ice cream. And then you talk to other adults and stuff. And the kid's like, hey, can I have some ice cream? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and then you keep on talking. Yeah, yeah, we'll do it later. We'll do it later. It's like God is saying, this is something that, again, this is why this is unusual. It's like God is saying, no, 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 you keep tugging. You keep tugging on my, on my pants. Hey, hey, God, wait, 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 wait. Jerusalem, remember, you said Jerusalem. You said give you no rest. Hey, wait, 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 God. Yeah, 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 I know, I know, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. No, 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 God, Jerusalem, you said, and so you're gonna make it a praise in the earth. It's time, God, it's time, Jerusalem, to keep talking. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I said it, I know, I said it. Okay, but, but God, nope, 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 yep. He said, give me no rest. What parent says that? <laughs> Are you kidding me? That tells you how important it is to him. a praise in the earth, a crown of beauty, a royal diadem in the hand of your God. You know what that all sounds like? That all sounds like the same God that had previously called Jerusalem, the city he puts his name on, his holy mountain, the city of God, the joy of the whole earth. Now that sounds very congruent right? You can feel the heart of God for his holy city and his chosen people. It's intimate. It's incredibly intimate and it's very deep. But even then it is still merciful and it is still undeserved. It's purely out of the goodness and the kindness of God and the facts that, and the fact that God keeps his covenant. He keeps his word. And because his nature is so filled with love, it's almost like he can't help but to be loving and forgiving of us, his chosen people. Wow. It's like he almost can't help it. It's just his nature, George, right? It's just his nature. He just, yes, he, he, he disciplines and, and he, he judges. He does. But it's like, what's his heart? I'm asking you to hear with your heart today, like Joel said, and specifically to hear the heart of God. Friends, I alluded a little bit earlier that this is a special holiday weekend in Israel, and it is indeed, because Yom Yerushalayim was today, or yesterday, since it's sundown now. It was sundown Thursday night to, to Friday night. It's Yom Yerushalayim. It's Jerusalem Day in Israel. It's Jerusalem Day. It's a holiday. What's Jerusalem Day? I've been in Israel on Yom Yerushalayim. It's very special. I remember my mom used to participate. I heard some of the reporters on, on one of the networks talk about Yom Yerushalayim and, and, the, and the parade of people in Jerusalem as extremists. And I thought, wow, it's interesting. My mom always used to walk in that parade. <laughs> I've been in that parade. It's not a whole bunch of just extremists. Yeah, there's, there's some people on every side of the political spectrum that are in that, including people on both, every side, if you will. 
But what is, what is Yom Yerushalayim? I haven't, if you, maybe you've not heard of it. It's the holiday in Israel commemorating when Jerusalem was reunified in 1967 during the Six-Day War. When Jerusalem fully came into Jewish hands again, after thousands of years, the prophecies are being fulfilled. Even today, the prophecies that we just read about, y'all, that I just read you in Isaiah 62 are starting to be fulfilled. In spite of secularism in Israel, violence with our neighbors, internal strife, our people are being regathered just as God said would happen in his word. And friends, wait for it, more and more, more and more of our people are saying, Baruch haba b'shem Adonai. In Israel, the Messianic Jewish body in Israel is thriving like never before. The growth in the Messianic Jewish body from 20, 30 years ago is exponential. When I was a kid, you knew every Messianic Jew in the country. <laughs> not, not, not joking. <laughs> now there's so many thousands and tens of thousands. We are in a special time in history where the Bible comes alive. And this is all amazing for sure, no question. But remember at the beginning of my message, I mentioned that although this is way bigger than you, it applies to you personally as well. Why? Here is why. Here is why. Listen to me. Because we are Jerusalem. Let me explain. God loves us so very much. He watches over us. He cares for us. He created us in his image. Not even us. Yes, us. He created you. He created you in his image. He loves you, but let's face it. Oftentimes we fail. Oftentimes we mess up. I mean, right? I'm, I, I'm asking you somewhat rhetorically, but for you to actually think within your own mind, you, you don't have to say it out loud, but do you ever mess up? I think the answer for all of us is yes. If you're honest, everybody here messes up. Despite even sometimes your intentions, don't you sin? We all do. All of us do. None of us are perfect. And guess what? Sometimes, sometimes God has to discipline us. Ooh, some of you are starting to see the parallels here. God has to discipline us. But within our sin and understanding what sin is, sin is a rejection of his love for us at its core. That's what sin is. We see that his love is greater. First John chapter four, please. First John, the book of first John chapter four, not just John, but first John chapter four. Listen to this. Verse nine, it says, <laughs> The love of God was revealed among us 
by this, that God sent his one and only son into the world so that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atonement for our sins. Whoa, whoa. See, it's not that we loved him first. It's not that we loved him first. This is how God's love is revealed to us. Do you sense God's overwhelming love for you in this passage? It only makes sense to love somebody who loves you. If somebody really loves you, it's a lot easier to love them. But this was not this is not God's story here. It says that's that's not what that's not the story here. The story is that he loved you even in the midst of of us not loving him. <laughs> and we hear this more in Romans 5. Turn to Romans 5 if you would. Oof. Wow, it's amazing the parallels we see here. Romans chapter 5 verse 6 says this, mm, for while we were still helpless, at the right time, Messiah died for the ungodly. And then a little commentary here. For rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though perhaps for a good man, someone might even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Messiah died for us. Wow. Do you see the parallels here? The parallels are so striking to me. When, when, when this kind of came to me, it's, it just off the page. It was like, wow, oh my gosh, what a connection here. God so loved, he so loved Jerusalem. He so loved Jerusalem and, his, and, and the, the people of Jerusalem. We read about how much God loved Jerusalem, but Jerusalem rejected him. Our people rejected him. And while we were disciplined, God promised one day to restore us, to restore us, not because of our own greatness, but out of his divine love and mercy. It is much the same with us personally. He loves us so much that even though we were yet sinners, Messiah died for us. Wow. See, this word today should encourage you. If, if you're opening and hearing with your heart, it should make your heart feel warm and like, and like by a cozy campfire of great comfort, you know, and, and, and a place of great peace. Or when you get just like a fantastic night's sleep, when you've been so tired and you wake up and it's been, you were so exhausted when you laid your head down and then you just slept and slept and slept and, and then you wake up and it's like, oh, and you just feel so refreshed compared to how you did when you put your head down on that pillow. That, these are the kind of feelings that it should emote and evoke within you. These are the kind of things, these are the kind of parallels See, my friends, this is the nature of our God. 
It is profoundly different than any other religion. Yes, God, hear me, I'm I'm not looking to equivocate or to compromise. Yes, God is righteous and morality is not relative. And God is the judge for sure and he will judge. But his heart is so much to have mercy. That is his heart, is to have mercy. He so quells over you and cares for you. If you don't know what to quell is, ask the Jewish person next to you. (laughs) He does not want to see you fail. He does not want to see you fail. Let's conclude with 2 Peter chapter 3. Listen to this. Again, this is part of the heart of God for all of us. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some consider slowness. Rather, he is being patient toward you, not wanting anyone to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Did you hear this? As a, as a short side note, one of the greatest refutations of Calvinism ever, God's heart is so big that he says explicitly, not implied, he says explicitly it is his will, God's will, that no one perish and for all, underline the word all, for all to come to repentance. That's the will of God. For all, that's the heart. And it makes sense if you've read the Bible before and you know the nature of God. It just makes sense. God loves people so much. And it's his desire for all, underline that word all, all for all to come to repentance. But we see also in this, that which parallels to Jerusalem. For out of God's infinite love for Jerusalem, out of even with God's infinite love for Jerusalem, Yeshua still says that they need to say, Baruch Hashem Adonai, right? Similarly, God's heart for all of us is for no one to perish. That's God's heart, is that nobody perishes, but for all to come to what? Repentance. Repentance, right? As God shows, as God shows his merciful and kind heart, we still have to choose to respond to him. So beloved, I beseech you to consider the heart of the Lord. We see this pattern over and over and over again in scriptures. God deeply loves Adam and Eve. They sin yet God provides a way to restore relationship with humanity. Jerusalem and her people are precious to God, yet they turn from him. But he cares so much that he says that one day all of Israel will be saved. And you and I, it's much the same with us individually. Friends, we have to try to grasp some of God's heart for us, for you. It's intimate it's warm, it's caring, it's loving. And knowing this, knowing this about God's heart for you should do two things for you. First, 
it should make you want to follow him in all his ways all the more. You should want, as the, the more you get God's real love for you, it should make you want to do his will, right? Not just have to, but want to. That's the first thing. And secondly, it should make you run to him without condemnation when you fall, right? Because your dad is there for you. He loves you so much. And just like Jerusalem, he always wants to restore you. That's why the title of my message is, We Are Jerusalem. Yeah. Let's bow our heads. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Thank you, Lord. I want to ask if there's anybody here who's never said a prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart. If you've never committed your life to God, but you'd like to, wherever you are, raise your hand and we'll pray together. If you've never said yes to Yeshua, but you want to, if that's you, just raise your hand and we'll say a simple prayer and God will touch you. Mm. Maybe you're watching online or listening on the podcast. You've never said a prayer to receive Yeshua as your Messiah. Repeat this simple prayer after me and God will touch you. Say, dear God, I humble myself before you. I ask Yeshua to come into my heart. I believe he's risen again, sitting at your right hand. Please forgive me of my sins. I'm sorry. I'll live the rest of my days for you. Thank you, Lord. In Yeshua's name. If you said that prayer for the first time, if you're watching online, please send us an email. We want to celebrate with you. If you're in this room, Please see me after the service so that we can just celebrate with you. Lord, I thank you, God. I thank you for your heart. I thank you, God, that your heart for us is, is such a heart of love and is a heart that desires restoration. It desires this completeness. It, 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 it desires a repentance which leads to a fullness and which leads to a restored relationship. And you're not looking, oh, God, you're not looking like with an ax waiting for us to mess up. No, 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 no. Your heart for us is just overwhelming love, over-the-top love. That's, that's how you feel about us, just like you do Jerusalem. That's how you feel about us also. It's wonderful. So much so you sent Messiah Yeshua. Lord, teach us, Lord. God, I pray that you soften our hearts, Lord, so that we'll want to serve you more as we understand your heart for us. And that also, Lord, if we mess up, that we won't feel condemned and defeated and give up. On the contrary, we'll run back to you because we know that that's exactly what you want. So I thank you, Lord, for this. God, you're, you're such a kind, loving, and forgiving God who restores. Bless you for it. Thank you for it, God. Oh, and by the way, please make Jerusalem a praise in all the earth. <laughs> in Yeshua's name, thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. <laughs>
Bethhallel.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L dot O-R-G. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and shalom. Nine, 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 nine.